0: Coming to you direct from the heart of New York City all the way to wherever you are, you're listening to the Vip Jazz Report. My guest today is an American Orthodox rabbi, an author, a TV host, and a great public speaker. The Washington Post and Newsweek call him the most famous rabbi in America. The Jerusalem Post lists him as one of the 50 most influential Jews in the world. The New York Observer calls him the best-known Orthodox Jew in the world. He's got 30 books that have been bestsellers throughout the world, which have been translated into 20 languages. He regularly appears on global TV, including guest appearances on the Oprah Winfrey Show. He's been quoted in print media, including the Wall Street Journal and Jerusalem Post And now his biggest claim to fame is going to be right here on the best radio show heard everywhere. The VIP Jaswell Report, it's an honor to welcome the one and only Rabbi Shmuley Boteak. Welcome to the show, Rabbi.
1: Oh, what a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Rabbi, you've got to teach me some Hebrew. How do I say hello?
1: Shalom.
0: Shalom. And how do I say thank yeah,
1: you? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's an easy one.
0: And how do I say thank Everyone.
1: you? Todah. Say that again. Toda, T-O-D-A, toda.
0: Toda. Thank oh, you. Great, and, and God bless you. Uh,
1: you know, even in Hebrew, we should just say God bless you, but um, we say Baruch Hashem, Baruch Hashem.
0: Baruch Hashem. Wow. Blessed be the Lord. That is. That is. Well, welcome to the show, sir.
1: Well, it's uh, your reputation precedes you, sir. It's an honor
0: to be here. Now. When I was doing a little uh, read-up about you, everyone says you're famous. What are you famous for? What's been your most famous uh, thing that you've done?
1: Fame is all relative. Mm. Uh, A father's famous to his children, maybe not beyond his household. I'm famous to a couple of people, perhaps. Well, you're famous Um, to
0: the Washington Post, the Newsweek, Jerusalem Post, Wall Street Journal.
1: Yeah, but everything is relative. Brad Pitt is famous. Mm. Um, I would like to be known just for the good things that I try and do. Um, I've written many books on relationships that try to save marriages because I am myself a child of divorce. I was a rabbi at Oxford University in England for 11 years where I started the Oxford Lachaim Society which hosted world leaders lecturing on values based leadership. Uh, we were the second largest student organization in Oxford.
0: Are you very um, outspoken in your views? Is that what gives you some fame as well?
1: That's what gives me grief. <laughs>
0: Well, you know, on that note, an unusual thing happened to me on the way to the show. You and I, if you check your Twitter account, we got a tweet, and it said that you and I are the perfect combination of racism and bigotry. Do you often get tweets like that?
1: Oh, well, I get a lot of, uh, I get a lot of death threats, mm-hmm. so it goes beyond accusations of bigotry. Right. Um, recently, we've received beheading threats. They're worse than death threats.
0: So how do you handle all
1: of this? Where the death threats are serious mm. or credible or we deem them to be credible we take them to law enforcement right. um, where they're just the acts of lunatics who try to ignore them but you know it's you have to find a delicate balance between not taking this stuff seriously and taking it seriously as far as accusations of uh, bigotry or anything like that um, the the internet is uh, can be a very very sinister and dark place where crazy people can express views. Now, I endorse that because I believe in the First Amendment. Of course, I believe in freedom of speech. But let's not take every one of these crazy views seriously. Mm.
0: Now, you recently wrote an article in the New York Observer. It was called The Last Jews of France regarding the Charlie Hebdo carnage. And, you know, your article focused on the Jewish dimension of the attack. And of course, the four hostages that were killed were Jewish. But do you think these terrorists are targeting only Jews because I mean, the first victim was actually a policeman, uh, and he was a Muslim.
1: Uh, The Muslim policeman who died in France Mm. uh, is a hero, and he ought to be lionized as such. Mm -hmm. Same is true of the Muslim grocery store worker in the hypo market who helped to save Jewish lives by hiding them in a freezer. Uh, The men who perpetrated the act, however, are not human. They have erased divine countenance from their image. They are as as beasts of the field, they are monsters. Were they specifically targeting Jews? Of course, absolutely. They were char- they were targeting satirists and cartoonists who they thought had offended uh, the Prophet Muhammad. Right. And they were targeting Jews just for being Jews. The Jews didn't do anything to them. I can't imagine it's very offensive for Jews to buy challah rolls on a Friday afternoon before the Sabbath. I don't see that as an affront to Islam. So they were they were murdering them simply because they were Jews, of course.
0: Well, you made another interesting point in your article. You said Israel is filling up with French Jews running from Jew hatred in France. And you said that one percent of the French Jewish community moved to Israel last year. And, you know, that is a very powerful statement. Um, But do you think the French Jews are leaving France more because of the high tax rate rather than the Jewish hatred? Because it's not just the Jews who are leaving. I mean, there are two million French people who now live abroad. Most are heading to London. Uh, in the last two years, there have been about 84 new taxes that have come about. Um, so it, is, are they no, leaving because no, of the no. Jewish hatred or the tax?
1: Absolutely. No, no, no. Of course they are. Uh the, the, the economic conditions in France are a different subject altogether. Uh, okay. We can debate whether there should be high taxation, low taxation. That's nowhere near as serious as the terror attacks that we witnessed last week in France. And for Jews, this is a pattern. There, were, there was an almost an entire Jewish family wiped out by a, an Islamic motorcyclist in Toulouse in 2012 in a horrific attack that we all remember. There was the pogrom against one of the largest synagogues in Paris this past summer during the Israeli war with Hamas. Uh, the the genocidal terror organization. We all remember the terrible scene in Paris of Jews holed up in their synagogue trying to evade a pogrom that was was inside that later spilled into a pogrom against Jewish shops and a firebombing of a Jewish shop. Mm -hmm. Jews in France routinely face mockery, jeering, being beaten up for wearing kippot. So the Jews are leaving because they don't feel safe. Period. Now, Last year, more than 1% of the Jewish community emigrated to Israel. 7,000 Jews left out of, out of a population of 500,000. Next year, they believe it'll be double. This is the equivalent of a 100, 120,000 American Jews moving to Israel. And if that were happening in the United States, the United States would re-examine its policies, its conscience, and it would ask, why are Jews not feel safe here? And that's what France has to ask itself.
0: And is France doing that?
1: They, they certainly were not doing it prior to to this terrible attack.
0: But Rabbi, let me ask always, you very quickly, let me ask you one thing. Where is the source of this Jewish hatred in France? Is it from the French nationals or is it the new Muslim immigrants who are in France?
1: Well, there's always been anti-Semitism in France. Let's recall that one of the principal reasons that Theodore Herzl, the founder of the modern state of Israel, mm. decided to create the state of Israel or work on creating the state of Israel was because of the Alpha Dreyfus Affair, where he witnessed the anti-Semitic attack against a loyal French-Jewish officer. Um, The Dreyfus Affair scandalized all of Europe, and it showed that uh, anti-Semitism was endemic in France, and this is at the turn of the 20th century. Later, uh, something far worse would happen when the French-Vichy collaborationist government actually deported one-fifth of the entire Jewish population of France to the gas chambers of Auschwitz and you had 70,000 70, Jews cast to death and the French government sent them to their death so this is horrific stuff and it betrays everything of the French revolution which was about equality and it was about liberty but is How the past is
0: is the past being portrayed today are the sons of the, the are the sons of the fathers behaving like the fathers
1: the anti-Semitism we see in France today uh, seems to be a little bit different to the anti-Semitism before. No doubt some of it is the same. Um, there are people who don't like Jews and, uh, who live in France, but now it is compounded by a very large Muslim population, many of whom, uh, unfortunately, bear hostility towards the Jewish community now i'm not the one saying this there have been numerous reports on this Mm -hmm. i see all muslims as my brothers i see all muslims as my sisters we are one we are one human family we're all equally god's children why would there why should there be any uh islamic french anti-semitism well that comes down to uh incitement on the part of imams we're not going to tar and feather all imams god forbid by saying that of course but there isn't enough condemnation of of french islamic anti-semitism when there was that pogrom that was that seemed to be largely uh, uh, conducted by French Islamic citizens against the synagogue in Paris, you know, the imam should have come the next day to that synagogue and stood with the rabbis and said, this is not us. We condemn anyone doing this in the name of Islam. Islam is a peaceful religion. And when that doesn't happen, the message the rank and file get is that they haven't violated their faith. Anyone who Hates in the name of Islam, or especially murders in the name of Islam, need to be repudiated by Islam.
0: Now, have you been to France?
1: Yes, many times.
0: Okay. Have you spoken with any government leaders about this whole evacuation of the Jews leaving France?
1: I've spoken to some Jewish leaders. I've spoken to some uh, French diplomats. Um, I've spoken to the French media.
0: And did you get a diplomatic uh, answer?
1: I, I happen to I happen to like France. Uh, mm. It's a beautiful country, one of the most beautiful in the world. Paris is an electrifying city. Um, the south of France is beyond gorgeous. I, I, I happen to love France.
0: But I that doesn't that, mean anything if you're going to have. I don't
1: love. I don't love what France is allowing to happen to its Jewish community. I I, I, I deplore that, and I'm grateful to them for finally deploying. Ten thousand troops to protect their Jews, but you shouldn't need an army to protect your Jews. No, There's because that's actually going
0: to, to create that's actually going to create more problems than it solves. Does Israel, and if they're all going to Israel, does Israel feel the pressure of this wave of Jews from France? And are they consulting with the leaders of France?
1: Um, I wouldn't say Israel feels pressure. Israel would like the Jews of France to move to Israel because that's why Israel exists. Mm. Israel exists to be the Jewish state. It wants as many Jews living there as possible. Um,
0: yes, for the right reason, not not for the right reason, of course, so but not, and, not because they've come read, home I, out of fear.
1: I've written that exactly. Yes, I agree with you, sir. That is absolutely correct. We do not want Jews fleeing their native countries out of fear. If they choose to live in Israel, we want it to be because of the Jewish dream to be in the sovereign Jewish homeland that is where Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob walked and where... Jewish history was formed, Mm. and which is the eternal uh, nation state of the Jewish people. Uh, We don't want it to be, because Jews are afraid they're going to be beaten up or murdered on the streets of Paris.
0: What would France look like without a Jew?
1: I think it would be severely impoverished. The French-Jewish community goes back at least to the Middle Ages. Mm -hmm. Some trace it all the way back to to the, the, the beginning of the Roman Republic sorry, the end of the Roman Republic and the beginning of the Roman Empire. So you're talking of a community that may be up to 2,000 years old. France would be, it's, it's, its landscape would be severely altered by the absence of the Jewish community. First of all, if Jews leave France because they're not safe, that, that is the end of the French Revolution. The essence of the French Revolution was equality for all. Right. If there's no equality for Jews, then the French Revolution is a farce. Um, so that's the, the first and, and, and maybe the most important point. Secondly, I think that the Jewish community, wherever they live, are highly responsible citizens. They are entrepreneurial, they are industrious, they are highly educated. Without a they doubt. Contribute to, to the, they contribute to the civic good. Yeah. Jews are, are, thank God, for the most part, model citizens because our religion demands moral excellence. The Jewish community is charitable and philanthropic and it has, has a deeply seated social conscience. And if you remove all of that from France, I think the nation will be severely impoverished.
0: It's interesting to know that um, I'm not getting a a convincing answer from you that France is actually doing anything to stop this, Uh, or even the United Nations.
1: They are doing something right now because of the horror of the attacks. How long will that last is the question. Of course, they're doing something. They're deploying 10,000 troops
0: on. on Yes, but how long can you keep having 10,000 troops for one particular community when. The rest of France might say that we are equally a target for these terrorists. So where are our 10,000 soldiers for our particular community? That's where where I I, I don't think the French government is is doing anything concrete.
1: The way the French government can help, first and foremost, Mm. is to stop participating in any demonization of the state of Israel. The French government wants to have its cake and eat its too. It wants to participate in condemnations of Israel at the UN. It wants to vote. What for was their most recent
0: from. what was their most recent condemnation of Israel?
1: Well, two weeks ago the French mm. government shocked the United States and its other Western allies by voting for Israel to withdraw from Judea and Samaria in the West Bank by twenty seventeen. That's amazing. That would give that would create a Hamas state in the west bank the way we have a hamas state in gaza which is a mortal threat to israel and the jewish people as we've seen hamas is a is a woman suppressing democracy destroying gay murdering bloodthirsty death cult and were israel to withdraw we would have a hamas state both on the west of israel and on the east of israel so for france to have voted in favor of that ridiculous and irresponsible resolution sends a signal of hostility French hostility to the Jewish state. And then many of the French citizens seem to interpret this as, oh, even they see that the Jews are oppressing Palestinians, or the Jews are. And then you start getting attacks on the Jewish community. France should be praising the state of Israel as a righteous and moral democracy, the only democracy in the Middle East that upholds all the, the rights that the French government believes in, that the French people believe in respect and equality for women, respect and equality for minorities, education. Freedom of expression,
0: no, freedom of we're, we're, worship.
1: We're, we're. None, of, none of these things, have unfortunately, exist in the Arab countries that surround Israel. Hezbollah is a murderous. Hezbollah controls Lebanon. Uh, in, in southern Lebanon, is, is a murderous death cult, a terrorist death cult. So is Hamas, to Israel's west. Look what? at Syria and, and and how many Arabs they have murdered. To Israel's northwest, uh, northeast. I'm sorry. Look at Iran, a genocidal government threatening the annihilation of the Jewish people to Israel's east. Israel is surrounded by, by by enemies that want to annihilate it and want to annihilate this bastion of Western liberal democracy that's in the heart of the Middle East.
0: What's been the general sentiment or reaction to that article that you wrote for the uh, New York Observer, uh, The Last Jews of France?
1: Um, we've had a very positive reaction to it. Uh, it's been much quoted. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it foreshadows a future which the French government should be doing everything in its power to... To reverse, which is France risks losing its Jewish community, who will choose to emigrate if these attacks don't stop, and if the incitement doesn't stop,
0: you know with the French government sending out the ten thousand soldiers, do you think that other communities might feel resentful and that in it in turn creates more anti-Semitism? It might backfire as getting preferential treatment.
1: Uh, it depends if other communities listen, Jews don't want to be protected by 10,000 troops. We wish we could just live safely without anti-Semitism. Oh, I, we wish that there were no anti-Semitism. It's not that we that. want troops to protect us. Right. We want to live peacefully and we want to be left alone to live our Jewish lives consistent with uh, universal values. Uh, so we're not bragging about having to have these troops. It's actually quite tragic. Just, just in the same way that young Americans don't want to die in Afghanistan. They prefer not to. So why are they prepared to? Because they know that if we don't make the world safe from terrorism, we're going to be hit in places like the Twin Towers in New York.
0: If if your critics were to say that maybe the Jewish community is too insular and they don't integrate with other communities, um, because at the end of the day, what are the Jews doing to incite this hatred? Because, I mean, you know, it's, it's 2015 now.
1: The Jewish community is fully integrated in every Western society where they live. Mm. And Israel as a nation state is fully integrated into the community of nations, into the brotherhood of nations, to the extent that others allow it to be. To the extent that Israel is not integrated, it's because of Jew hatred, Israel hatred, and anti-Semitism, which we see from many nations. Look at Saudi Arabia that won't even allow Jews to visit Saudi Arabia, let alone have diplomatic relations with Israel.
0: But you see small racist attacks on the street, vandalism, and things like that, um, by, by these uh, so, so-called vandals and criminals. They're not always thinking of it in terms of an Israel perspective. Um, they might be thinking of it from a Jewish perspective when they do their attack, but it's not necessarily Israel-motivated.
1: Right, exactly. They use Israel as an excuse. They just scapegoat Israel. Jew hatred is Jew hatred. It's not motivated by any israeli policy it's not motivated by any jewish profession it's just jew hatred the woman who was raped by a man was not raped because she dressed provocatively the african-american man who's dragged behind uh a car to murder him or who was lynched is not lynched because there's african-american violence it's because mm. there's racism deep murderous racism and the same thing is true with with Anti-Semitism. Anti-Semitism has no deep rational cause. It's an irrational hatred. It seems to be deeply seated. It is extremely barbarous. It's extremely brutal, and it's ex- extremely murderous. It's even genocidal, as we saw with the Holocaust.
0: It's interesting, though, that an American rabbi like yourself is talking about the Jews in France. Where are the French rabbis? Why why do we not hear them?
1: I'm sure we do hear them. I'm just not sure they're going to do interviews in the United States. I don't know how good, et cetera. <laughs> but I'm sure they're very active in protecting their community in the country where it most matters now, and that's France.
0: Taking it to this country, has the Obama administration been Jew-friendly?
1: President Obama is definitely Jew-friendly. Uh, quite literally, some of the closest friends and advisors are Jewish. David Axelrod is Jewish. Mm-hmm. The president does a Seder in the White House. Um, I will argue with anyone that tells me the president has any kind of animosity the jewish community it's not true and that is a a a slander and a slur um the the better question is whether his policies have been helpful for the state of Israel. and there it's a mixed bag the president has done very good things for israel like supporting iron dome and then he's done um harmful things to israel even if he didn't mean it even if they were just unwitting like by ending a total settlement freeze in judea and samaria not only are you telling jews that these ancient lands are so jewish history uh cannot have Jews in them, which is what Mahmoud Abbas is promising, with the creation of a Palestinian state. Well, that not one Jew will live, will live there. But the, the message that President Obama sends to Israel's enemies is that Israel is the reason there isn't peace. There is no truth to that whatsoever. There isn't peace in the Middle East because of radical Islamic terrorism, as we see over and over again, and because of an unwillingness on the part of Israel's neighbors. accept Israel. accept Israel as a Jewish state.
0: Now, shouldn't he have attended the rally with the other world leaders last week?
1: Even if he didn't attend, Mm. Joe Biden should have attended.
0: Yes. What sort of message is that giving to the Jewish community?
1: The message transcends the Jewish community. President Obama is not the president of the Jews. He's the president of the world's greatest power Mm. and most influential nation. And the United States has to lead, especially when it comes to terrorism.
0: Well, the administration won't use the words Islamic extremism when discussing the terror attack in Paris. Do you think they're wrong?
1: Yeah, that's, that's, that's... Troubling. That's extremely troubling. And uh, I mentioned this to a high ranking Obama administration official with whom I'm friendly. Mm-hmm. And even in the speech that they gave recently, they spoke about religious extremists. And last night, and they didn't say Islamic extremists, last night I was on CNN and there was uh, a young uh, Islamic um, American um, media figure on the show with me. Very nice guy. I enjoyed appearing with him. But it was amazing. He was saying, why do you, why are you just singling out Islamic terrorism? There are radical Buddhist monks that are killing people in Myanmar. There was Anders Breivik, who killed 77 people in Norway, and he's a Christian. So there's other kind of terrorism. You know, when you equate, when, when you begin to say that radical Buddhists are threatening the world of peace today, or that Norwegians are the great threat to peace, I mean... This is laughable. That doesn't mean there are not individual murderers in Norway or individual murderers in, in Myanmar. The problem with Islamic terrorism is that it's a global phenomenon, and it's becoming worse by the day. Boko Haram is evil incarnate. ISIS is evil incarnate. Syria, in the murder of 150,000, 200,000 people. Um, Hamas, evil incarnate. Islamic Jihad, Hezbollah, these radical terrorist organizations, they're all fueled by their ideas about Islam. And if they're wrong, and I believe they're wrong, then it's incumbent upon Muslims to say they're wrong. Mainstream Muslims, they cannot be a silent majority. They have to be very vocal and say, this is not our religion, we condemn this, we repudiate it. It's an abomination to Islam. Now, I've been calling for a million Muslim march.
0: Oh, you have? Uh, that
1: was a col- yeah, that was a column that I wrote in the New York Observer the other day. A million Muslim march against terrorism. Where Muslims take their religion back. Not just for... The French and others march, and of course there were many Muslims who marched with a three and a half million embarrassments. On the well, election. I was going to ask you, course, why,
0: why are there no peaceful protests by the Muslims against the terrorist acts? I don't get it.
1: That you have to put to the Muslim community, but I've been encouraging my Islamic brothers and sisters to do just that.
0: And, and what I has been their response? A million Muslim march. What is their response?
1: Well, the guy that I was on CNN with said that it's not our responsibility. Why are you holding us accountable for what other people do in the name of Islam. My response to them is, don't you care about your religion? Don't you love your religion? Are you really going to say it's not your responsibility to take it back from murderers? Do you remember how we Americans reacted with Abu Ghraib? Even when there was a single case of abuse, or let's say if it was worse, systemic abuse, and Abu Ghraib, other prisons where Iraqi uh, prisoners of war are being degraded, look at the soul-searching Americans engaged in. Look at the condemnation, even of our own... Members of the military who would otherwise be treated as great heroes, we took it very seriously because we're not prepared to contravene American values. We're not going to let the United States uh, act in violation of its values. Why would God-fearing Muslims, and I absolutely believe the vast majority of Muslims are, of course, peace-loving and God-fearing, why would they allow monsters to hijack their religion and say it's not their responsibility to take it back? Of course it is. If America does something wrong, it's the responsibility of Americans to correct it. Right. Israel does something wrong. It's responsibility of Israel to correct it.
0: So, where are the Muslims in all of this?
1: That's a good question. That's why I hope there will be a million Muslim march, as I as I advocated, against terrorism.
0: Has there been any progress on it?
1: It's getting attention, it's beginning to percolate in the media.
0: You see, the very fact that it comes across like you're pushing rather than them pulling, that in itself signifies there's some sort of a resistance to actually conducting some sort of a peaceful protest. You seem to be doing all the work. Um, that's why I was on CNN discussing this last night. It was, uh, well, I'm it was sorry for it that, but uh, you're on Fox now.
1: Well, <laughs> <laughs> you better tell your your, your buddies at that, the that TV network that, that discussion should have been on Fox. <laughs> um. Well, all organs of media have to highlight this, this issue. Combating Islamic
0: I think everyone's doing their job except the Muslims. So what I'm trying to get at is you being a religious leader, you being someone who has fame, someone who has influence, someone who um, accepts Muslims. And you've said on this show that they're like your brothers and sisters. So you are sort of welcoming um, collaboration. Um, you're doing all the pushing. Where is the pulling?
1: That is for Muslims to agree to do, obviously, and I will push and push and push, but in the final analysis, I am not a Muslim, I'm a Jew, and and it's not I who can take back Islam from the monsters. Uh, The state of Israel is now the victim of those monsters. More than any other country in the world, Islamic extremism is targeting Israel. Iran is not speaking about annihilating uh, France. Iran is not speaking about we annihilating... We keep going to Israel. They do mention that from time to time, but the refrain of annihilating Israel is something you hear in, in, in Iran all the time. So we Jews are, are the foremost targets of Islamic extremism, as we just saw in Paris. Um, the cartoonists were targeted because of something they they were told they did. To offend islam of course there's no justification for what was done that's just a ridiculous excuse for barbaric murder but the jews they didn't even claim the jews did anything they were killed just because they were
0: jews but do you know rabbi we're living in a world where it's just not Jewish centric because everyone's a victim, right? So everyone's equally yeah, e- everyone's yeah. equally well, what, what concerned. Did
1: the, what did the people in Bali do to be blown to the rains? What did they do? They went to a discotheque. Women put on a bikini, so they deserved to die. You there see, no uh, you see, for this
0: you see. For the man on the street, it's not going to be necessarily Israeli centric for the average man, but the average man has equal concern. Um, as the average Jew about being a victim of terrorism. Because these guys, they don't discriminate. They don't segregate when they want to attack. It's whoever's in the line of fire needs to go. That's, that is correct. That's, you know, uh, the average man on the street. Yeah.
1: These are death cults. They believe in death. They don't need an excuse to murder. They love murder. They love seeing blood spilled. They are satanic. They are demonic groups. They don't need a reason to kill. They, they live to kill. They wake up in the morning to kill. They ululate when they kill. They get off when they kill. In the same way that you and I might enjoy a great Starbucks latte, they enjoy killing people. That Those are their values. They are death cults. They don't celebrate life. They celebrate death. They are a cancer on the world, these radical Islamic extremists, who want to just murder and slaughter and kill and they are the foremost challenge to world civilization today there is no question that they are the foremost challenge to world civilization
0: tell me something and you haven't the, and, tell- they
1: are, and, they are, and they are and they are and they are the foremost challenge to to the continuity of Islam as well i want to see islam flourish as a great world religion as it did in the past i want to see islam famous for the arts and famous for 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 scholarship and famous well i want for to see i want to
0: see islam famous for its own religion which is actually a good religion in its in its own right i want all religions but, to flourish let people of faith at the end of the day um every religion teaches you to be good correct so you know uh, that's the fundamental commonality how you conduct it is 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 different and, you know religion is god made and and, and culture is man made but I want to tell you, I want you to tell me something that you haven't really had a chance to say on other shows. Um, if I were you, and that would be big shoes to fill, by the way, um, would I be satisfied in the way that the Muslim leaders are approaching this whole terrorist issue?
1: Would I be satisfied with what?
0: with the way the Muslim leaders are approaching this form of retaliation, because they seem to be very, how, for lack of a better word, very sluggish in their retaliation of putting these criminal acts, inhumane acts down.
1: Well, I wouldn't say retaliation. I'd say uh, denunciation, condemnation. We're not asking them to retaliate against them. We're asking them to repudiate them. No, no. No, nowhere near, is being, uh, uh, nowhere near enough is being done. If, if we're going to hold President Obama accountable for not attending a, con, uh, a march in Paris when those attacks didn't even happen in the United States, but so we still expect him as a Western leader to be present, how much more so that we expect Muslims to denunciate this because it's being done in the name of their faith. And they are the ones who have to take their faith back from monsters. They are the ones who have to reclaim their faith.
0: And that is what that is what bugs me on a personal level as well. Why are they not doing that?
1: You have to ask the Islamic leadership that.
0: What do you think, when you're talking to Islamic leaders, what do you think is the underlying factor? Is it their own fear that they could be victims of the next terrorist attack or an assassination if they started to create a peaceful protest? I'm, I'm not talking about a, a violent protest. I'm talking about a peaceful protest that... Those terrorists are not us. They are not Muslims. We are. We don't know what religion they're running on. But that's I, not...
1: I, I'm, I'm not a spokesman for Islam. So I can only... No, I'm just, asking, cannot, I'm just
0: asking your cannot, opinion when you're meeting I cannot, with
1: the... I cannot, right, I cannot speak for Islam. But what I would say is this. We need Islamic leaders to condemn, denunciate, distance and repudiate
0: and my question is why are those leaders not doing
1: that specific groups they have to denunciate specific groups for example when Israel is fighting Hamas how could Muslims side with Hamas over Israel Israel has one and a half million Islamic citizens who live in complete peace tranquility Mm. serenity full human rights Israel has Arabs on the Supreme Court Israel has Arab Muslims integrated it in every every area of society. Hamas, on the other hand, has stolen all of the international aid given to it. It has stolen it to line the pockets of its leaders. Palestinian Authority, Mahmoud Abbas. Abbas is worth at least 100 million dollars. Money he skimmed from international aid that was supposed to go to the Palestinian people. Who could support these people over Israel? So when you when Islamic leaders say, "Oh, we condemn terrorism," but go Hamas.
0: That's a contradiction because Hamas is a terrorist organization. Yeah, but Fire I'm going I'm 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 to the, I'm gonna bring you back to the average man on Main Street. He's not Israel or Hamas-centric, uh, especially like somewhere in the U.S. Um, where some of these attacks, when they do happen, we don't see peaceful Muslim protests. Now, I've asked you, and you've said, well, you can't speak for them, but I've spoken to a lot of my Muslim friends, and I say, where is your peaceful leader— who is an American Muslim, who would conduct a, even if it's a 10-man march, forget a million, and their simple response tends to be, they're scared for their life.
1: I'm sure many are scared, but we all have to show moral courage when it comes to religious leadership. I think a lot of people in the West are scared right now. I think when you see the kind of attacks that happened in Paris people are scared. I know a lot of people in Jewish institutions, Mm. synagogues, kosher restaurants are scared. They feel they're they're being targeted. But none of us, you know, take what uh, the editor of uh, Charlie Hebdo, what he famously said. What what do they call him? Sherb. uh, He famously said when Mm. he was asked, "Aren't you afraid?" He said, "I would rather die standing than live on my knees." Right. None of us can live in fear.
0: It's just sad when you know. Um, you live in a country that promotes religious freedom and allows you to exercise your rights, but when it comes to your uh, American brothers and sisters being attacked, you don't stand up. You know, you might be religious, but you're not patriotic. I find that um, not really acceptable. Right. Now, now you came out with an ad that said Hamas and ISIS and Iran don't support gays. What well, is-
1: well, 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 let's just be careful. Let's just. Remember one thing: mm. um, American Muslims living in the United States are very patriotic. I see them as very pro-America. They integrate. American Muslims are integrated. Oh, I'm sure better they'll better say all the American, right things a, a, to a,
0: a, you because that's what you want to hear. But I, actions, no. Ameri- American, act, no American, Ameri- actions speak louder than words. When these terrorist attacks happen, where are they on the street protesting yeah, yeah, against the combination?
1: No, no, but my, no, but my. I'm not going to question their patriotism, because that's not, a, that's not the issue. The issue is not whether, is, whether Muslim Americans are patriotic. Mm. I'm sure they are patriotic. And I ran for Congress in a district with so many um, Muslim Americans who mm. treated me with great respect mm. and who are definitely, they, they love their country as much as uh, others do, of course. Uh, I'm not going to question their patriotism, because that's not the issue here.
0: Well, what is the issue, then?
1: The issue is taking their religion back. From terrorists. It's about being patriotic to their religious duties, to honor their faith, to portray their faith in the most favorable possible light, to make Islam a light to other nations by it being a source of humanitarian good and morality and ethics, and not inspiring groups like Boko Haram and Hamas. You know what?
0: You keep bringing in Hamas and Israel. The average man on Main Street, the average man on Main Street does not have concern for that. He's got concern about his kids, his home, where he works, whether he'll get to work and back alive. So when his Muslim American brothers and sisters in America don't say anything when these terrorists attack non-muslim americans that's when you need to stand up and it's i can say i'm patriotic till the cows come home but when push comes to shove actions need to speak louder than words in a political so call, in a political them, world
1: we can call for a million muslim march without relating it
0: will you will, a, mil, will a will a so million American muslims patriotism. show up will a million muslims perfect. show up
1: I'm not going to confuse the issue. I'm not going to relate it to American patriotism. Well, I'm not going to take it to Israel
0: and Hamas either, am I? Because that's not what the average man on Main Street thinks.
1: This isn't about whether American Muslims are patriotic Americans. I, of course, believe that they are. This is about whether they're going to allow...
0: You might believe it because it suits you, but I can tell you one thing. The average guy on Main Street is not worried about Israel or Hamas because that does not impact his day-to-day feelings of safety. Politicians might, yes. I agree with you there.
1: The average guy on Main Street is not questioning whether American Muslims are a fifth column. That is not happening here in the United States, thank God. We are not getting, thank God, homegrown Islamic terrorists who want to murder us. It does happen. Lone wolf attacks. There may be some Americans that are like that we've seen as well. I'm not going to question the patriotism of Muslim Americans. I am going to call upon Muslim Americans and French, and, and French Muslims and British Muslims to march in their millions And I'd like like to see that happen, because I I know it won't. Well, I'm not going to be that pessimistic. I'm going to keep on calling for it.
0: I hope you do, sir. I hope you do, because I think you have the influence, and I think you have the charisma and the charm to get things done. Now, you came out with an ad that said Hamas and ISIS and Iran don't support gays. What was the purpose of the ad?
1: Uh, That's not what the ad said. The ad was a gay American male Mm -hmm. speaking about why he supports Israel, that in Israel he would be free and he wouldn't fear for his wife. But if he lived Under ISIS, under Hamas, under Iran, he'd be shot in the head, he'd be accused of being an Israeli collaborator, he'd be hanging from a crane in the middle of a public square. It was to demonstrate the difference between how Israel respects human rights of all, gay, straight, or otherwise.
0: But Judaism doesn't support...
1: That that, that just want to slaughter people.
0: But Judaism doesn't support homosexuality, does
1: it? Let's not confuse the issue of whether we support homosexuality, whether we absolutely battle the murder of homosexuality. Of course Judaism supports homosexuals, Judaism says that every human being is created equally in the image of God. Every mm. single human being, equally in the image of God. A gay man and a gay woman live openly in Israel without fear of any kind of, of attack, without fear of discrimination.
0: But it's not permitted now, by may, the religion, but may, they're allowed there, to live freely,
1: right? There may, be, there may be religious people who will tell them right. that they are not living their lives in accordance with Jewish law. But they can just live as in as safety,
0: that's what you're saying.
1: Just, just, just as if, you, if a Jew eats a non-kosher cheeseburger at McDonald's, they're not living their life in accordance with Jewish law, but no one's going to discriminate against them or persecute them for it. And gays live openly in Israel without any kind of fear whatsoever. And the fact that they're being slaughtered and brutalized across the Middle East is an abomination.
0: We're talking about sexuality. Now, you've come out with a book, Kosher Lust. Yep. I I love that. And I hope you're going to send me the book because I want to read it and I want to do a show with you on that one.
1: Yeah, I'd love to do that, thank you.
0: Now, what's the book about? I mean, where did this come from? Is that your claim to fame? Because you write about relationships?
1: Uh, Not really. I mean, some people know me through my relationship books. Some people know me through my television show where I fix families. Some people know me through my work on Israel or values, promoting values. It all Mm. depends. I wrote this book in order to help couples understand the secrets of erotic desire. How is it that we get couples to be magnetically attracted to each other throughout their lives?
0: Oh, you should speak to my wife then. She needs fixing. Um, so what's this?
1: Uh, you're, you're, no, I'm sure your wife is absolutely
0: fine. <laughs> what is um, the fundamentals in the book? What, what What are the top three things that you can take away from the book?
1: That um, there are three rules to attraction. Number one, mm-hmm. the first is unavailability. The second is mystery, and the third is sinfulness. And the book discusses those three.
0: Now is the book specifically for Jewish people or do you think other people from other religions would benefit from it?
1: My books are written for a mainstream audience.
0: Yeah, because I noticed they're, they're all in 20 languages.
1: Yeah, thank God, that's how it spreads. And, and 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 when you write a book, you're you're writing it because you want people to read it. No, everywhere. I just
0: thought I just thought being a rabbi that, you know, your main audience would be Jewish, but obviously if you have had bestsellers throughout the world, and you have in 20 languages. That means your appeal goes far and beyond uh, just the Jewish world.
1: Uh, That's nice. I hope that's true. That's what I aim to do, sure.
0: What did you find was the need to write this? What were you observing through your congregation or your interaction with people that you felt the need to write this?
1: I've written 30 books. Mm. Um, About half of them have been about relationships. I wrote this particular book because... Of the death of desire in marriages today, where marriages have been changed, where from husbands and wives being lovers to being partners. Um, I think that relationships are becoming too practical. I think that we don't know how to sustain attraction. We're seeing high rates of infidelity. We're seeing high rates of divorce. We're seeing high rates of uh, erotic indifference. We're seeing the rise of the, the platonic marriage. So I wrote this to focus specifically on how to maintain and foster desire in marriage.
0: What's been the feedback?
1: It's a, the book has done very well, thank God.
0: Now, where can you get the feedback
1: book? Feedback has been very positive. Book is Amazon
0: everywhere. Everywhere. Do you think? That's do you way, think? Yeah. Do you think women are getting more masculinized over time? Is that part of the maybe imbalance that's happening in relationships?
1: I think the whole world is becoming more masculinized. I mean, here we are having a whole conversation about uh, about terrorism, which is. Uh, a very aggressive violent way to settle scores to, to, to kill people it's not feminine it's not nurturing um, we need a more healthy injection of the feminine nurturing spirit throughout the world whether it's in politics whether it's in relationships whether it's in, in international diplomacy uh, the triumph of the of, of of peace I mean men have often settled their disputes throughout throughout the world uh, by the sword. And there are some ancient biblical prophecies that seem to indicate that the, you know, the time will come when a more, a more nurturing spirit will exist among nations, right. beating their swords into plowshares, and that peace would reign on earth. And that's what we most need.
0: Well, Rabbi, thank you so much for sharing your insight on the show. You know, thank you. It's been a real honor for me to have you, and I hope you're going to come back and discuss kosher lust. Because I I, we have to talk about that.
1: I would welcome it. Thank you very much.
0: And uh, am I saying it right, Baruch Hashem? Baruch Hashem. Blessed be the Lord, yes. You're saying it right, yes. God bless you, sir. God bless you, too. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. Your comments and your follow are so very welcome on my Twitter account at VipJazzwall and my Facebook page, just type in Report. A special shout-out of thanks to my wonderful team, William Sanchez and Rick Buser. I'll be back next Sunday at 6 p.m. Eastern. Until then, I wish you a wonderful evening tonight with your loved ones and have a productive and a very happy week ahead.